What's going on, everybody? This is Justin coming to you live from, uh, nope, not Seattle, but San Diego, California, here for the Easter holiday. It is a uh, crisp 80 degrees today, not complaining about that, but we have bigger bigger business to get to. Our Zags are in the final four. It's a great week. I'm joined today by uh, my co-host Jake uh, Coop and Zambi. Boys, how are we feeling? Thanks, Paige. Um, it's not quite 80 degrees up here in Seattle, but still doing pretty well. I just found out that apparently I have tomorrow off of work. So that's that's nice. Shout out Good Friday. Um, didn't, didn't realize that until I think half an hour ago. So that would have been an, an awkward uh, first couple hours of work, but excited to be here. Awesome. Yep. And uh, looks like Baja's joined us as well. Um, lots to get to today, though. We have our headlines. A couple cool things have happened. Uh, I don't know about cool, but big things have happened uh, in college basketball and in our lives. Um, and then we'll recap the USC win and look forward to UCLA. Touch a little bit on Baylor and Houston, the other side of the Final Four. Uh, and then close out with our favorite April Fool's Day jokes. Coop, take us away. Thank you, Paige. Well, to kick things off, uh, kind of some bad news. Our, our board, Mark Few, gets snubbed for coach of the year as the award goes to no other than Juwan Howard. Boys, what are our thoughts? Fucking bullshit. And I think the biggest loser of this uh, – sorry, I, I was pissed when I read that. I think uh, Mark Titus had the funniest response where he's like, sorry, Mark, you should have gone undefeated better. Like, what – what what is, what is Mark Few supposed to do? He's winning each game by an average of 23 points a game. He lost, I think, three of his top scores from last year, if not four. And, like, the Zags haven't been touched. And apparently losing to UCLA in a close 51-50 to 50 game gives you the coach of the year. And it's just the Big Ten. It's the final. It was the last gasp of the Big Ten jerking itself off. So I'm glad they finally climaxed and gave themselves the coach of the year. Yeah, it was that was pretty ridiculous in my opinion. And it sucks because like coach of the year should be more than just, you know, getting a team somewhere like it, it shows to me that these people, whoever's voting on this doesn't really watch the game because we've seen some of the adjustments Fuey's made and the game plans he's brought out. I mean, just look at how we prepared for USC zone with a day absolutely torched it um and it just gives them no credit like it should have been mark few he should have won the award uh no questions asked but at the end of the day they're gonna give it Jawan howard's big name michigan had a big season you know whatever it is what it is uh i'd rather have a natty and i'd rather have an undefeated season at this point so whatever it is what it is keep knocking on that wood but i completely agree sambi coop what what do you think yeah, um, I mean, it's just pretty ridiculous. It's, I feel like Jawan Howard kind of has the, oh, he's an NBA player, kind of like a little extra nudge in terms of the voters. And just even going on Twitter, it's just all these people defending Jawan. It's like they're supposed to finish uh, like sixth or ninth, I think, in like the Big Ten. And it's like that's where they started, but it's like there's also a dumpster fire of a, a conference, you know, like – the tournament exposed it. They're frauds. It's like, 
you're going to bash on the WCC, we can bash on you too. It's just pretty ridiculous. I'm not, not a happy camper today, but you know, greener pastures are ahead. Yeah. Um, I think I get it from the perspective of Michigan has exceeded expectations for the year. I don't, I think maybe they were a top 20 team to start the year and finished uh, in the top five. I mean, even though they're not in the final four. So I, I get it that, you know, in Juwan's second year, he definitely exceeded expectations and has mission headed in the right direction. But yeah, I mean, you can't argue against Mark Few's, you know, perfect record in the pandemic um, with a whole new team. That's just, I think that takes a cake. But like Paige said, it really won't matter if we finish the season with a natty. So that's all I'm here for. Um, but moving on, we have some. Thank you. Go ahead, Jake. I was saying, I think we got screwed the most, though, is UCLA, because we're going to view them as like a yardstick to show how much better Mark View is than Jawan Howard. And <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll get into it later, but boy, now we have a, a, a chip to play with, which is usually hard when you're the number one undefeated seed. So thanks. <laughs> so uh, moving on, sticking with coaching, we have some pretty big coaching changes, boys. Uh, we have Chris Beard. Moving on from tech, taking the Texas job, and um, today finding out that Roy Williams is stepping down from UNC. So where do we think they're going? Yeah, pretty pretty crazy amount of news right there on a head coaching front in college basketball. Um, first and foremost, shout out to Roy Williams, man. Hell of a career, you know, whatever you think about him as a person or as a coach, you have to respect what he's done there. Um you know, it is what it is. I, I feel like kind of came out of nowhere. Um, my understanding, you know, some of the players thought he was coming back and, you know, weren't entirely sure this was happening. So that'll be interesting. See if there's a little mass exodus there. But, uh, you know, again, congrats, Roy, on a great career. Uh, now, the beard thing to Texas, that's interesting because, you know, obviously we're all scanning Twitter all day. We're waiting for some cool Zag news or something, maybe a commitment from chat. I don't know. Who knows? Even a date at this point. But uh, sounds like a lot of Texas tech communities pretty darn salty about what just went down. Um, a lot of people are saying, you know, a coach didn't define us. Like it's our our toughness, our grit, our community. So I'm kind of excited for a little rivalry right there. I like it. Um, something to definitely keep tabs on next season. Yeah, that is hard. That'd be like if well, – because Texas is usually the better school historically, I'd say. Like, not the past five years probably. So, man, that would almost be like like a UCLA coach going to USC or something like that, or maybe vice versa. But, yeah, that that is rough. Um, Roy Williams retiring, yeah, that was crazy. I, I mean, I 100% thought it was an April Fool's joke the first time I read it. I was like, there's no way. Like, it's just – on April 1st, why is there all this big news happening on April 1st? Choose your days better. But, I mean, yeah, you got to admire what he won two – or he's won three championships with two different teams. That's pretty crazy. And I didn't realize how many times he does that little shimmy dance until all the Twitter, like, videos were posted of all his celebration. He kind of has that one move. It's like his handstand where he comes in the locker room just like the side crab – um, but yeah, good coach, you know, it, it feels like it's almost marking a new era and like college basketball. 
it feels like this is like the turning, especially with all the transfers that are going on. I think he was just retiring because he's the old guard and it's just like, I'm done. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it's definitely a different world than when he started coaching. That's for sure. Yeah, I think when I, I haven't read into it too much, but I think, you know, just looking at, you know, the tweets I saw that a big reason why he's leaving is, you know, the transfer portal and how accessible that is now for students or student athletes is that you can basically, if you don't like a program, you can just get up and go to another one like that. So um, that was a big reason, but um, nonetheless, switching gears here today, opening day, fellas, I'm rocking the Cub shirt. Um, Zambi. Is this the year of the NUR? Uh, it's always the year of the NUR. We actually have some pretty good prospects this year. So it's going to be a good one. We're going to be good up until the All-Star break like normal. And then I'm just looking forward to jeering the Dodgers April 19th through 20th with uh, Z-Boy. Yep, yep. Spring is upon us. The NURs are... The NERS, per usual, but the uh, the rivalry, the whole league has their eyes on the Padres versus the Dodgers. And no, I'm not going to talk smack while our two Dodger, uh, I guess you call them co-hosts and intern, um, are not on the podcast. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about how they lost to the Colorado Rockies today, 8-5. to five. Um, I'm not going to talk about how the Padres won their opener and now are at the top of the NOS standings. But I'm excited baseball's back, but we all have one main focus right now. That's the Zags championship. So until then, it's all Zags. And then you and Zane split up and get into this bitter fighting. I love it. We don't talk about baseball together anymore. When when is the first uh, Dodgers-Padres series? I actually don't know. I'm assuming probably at some point in April, but uh, maybe May. I don't know. We'll have to. I'm uh, not really focused on it right now. That's I like. I like where your mind's at, Paige. All zags right now. Mm-hmm. All yeah. zags. <laughs> but I uh, think we'll as have... a. Go ahead, Jake. I was saying I think as a podcast we should take like uh, a pool, like bet which day the Mariners will be out of contention for the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. August twenty eighth. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even defend them just is like oh i know it's gonna be closer than you think but it's gonna happen yeah are we talking mathematically or just like yeah there's no shot they're coming back <laughs> mathematically if it was yeah no shot we could probably just call it right like <laughs> right now <laughs> yeah i like it well that'll be our uh, off-season content <laughs> Um, and, uh, last but not least, we have our very own special guest, Zane, popping the question today, breaking all the socials, uh, gotta love it. Huge, uh, congrats to him and Courtney. Um, yeah, gotta say I'm pretty pumped for the two of them. Yeah, I guess you can miss the podcast if you're getting engaged or whatever, you know, (laughs) it makes me question their commitment, but, um, I, I do want to send a heartfelt congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Special Guest. Um, I, you know, great couple. <laughs> yep, you love to see it. They'll be uh, cribbage partners for life now. So congrats to them. <laughs> All 
Awesome. Well, <clears throat> that wraps up our headlines this week. Now we're uh, just jumping right into the Gonzaga segment. As you all know, that's why you're here. Let's be honest. Headlines are great, but the Zags beat the USC Trojans. Don't remember the score, but I know it was by 19 points. Not only did they kick their ass, they covered. Love that for them. Uh, good teams win, great teams cover, as they say. Uh, boys, initial thoughts on the absolute ass-kicking of the USC Trojans. Boy, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I was nervous for this game because everyone's talking about, you know, that USC defense, Evan Mobley, but Drew Timmy apparently heard that too and just said, fuck you, fuck everybody. I'm taking it to you. And then Suggs got behind it and the whole team just is pistol whipped. USC right in the face to start out. What like what did, did Timmy start the game with like two steals in like a minute? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, we just jumped out to such an early lead that we made USC give up before the first media timeout, it felt like. Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, I mean my my whole thing with this game was I thought our defense outplayed our offense, you know, especially in that first half where it was, I think in the first five minutes, we forced a shit ton of turnovers or steals and really just took it to him from the right from tip off. And that, you know, set the tone for the rest of the game and, you know, really, it really made it, you know, fairly easy, you know, to just finish things out in the second half. Yep. Yeah. I mean, as, I was hustling to get down to Ryan House for uh, linking up with uh, host Jake here and a few other people. But um, yeah, I was a little bit nervous because my my superstition is I have to have tequila if I'm watching the Zags. And so I was just trying to order it as soon as, as soon as I could. And before I could even take two sips, we we're already up by like eight at least. So safe to say the mojo is still alive and, you know, <clears throat> Some people say fight on, but they really did it. it. No. Yeah. And overall, great effort by the boys. Um, I think the star of the show, though, really, or one of the two stars was Drew Timmy uh, lighting up the Mobley brothers. The narrative the whole week was, oh, Drew Timmy hasn't faced any good bigs like these guys before. Uh, yeah, he took that personally and uh, absolutely went off. He was showing his full game. Uh, he plays, you know, Decent enough defense, we'll call it. Um, but he had those turnovers. Uh, he was standing up both the brothers at different times. Um, and then on the offensive end, the dude's just a wizard. Uh, best post moves in the country. Showed a little bit of his touch, hitting a couple elbow jumpers and floaters. Uh, but the angles this guy was able to create in the middle of a zone that is as feared, I guess you could say, as USC's. Uh, absolutely remarkable. Guys, what were your thoughts? I mean, yeah, I think you hit it because it was so crazy because they would have like Mobley on Timmy and saw he would be like going into his move and they weren't confident enough to like guard him one way. And so they send the other Mobley and then saw a Yai's just right at like his elbow and it's just like easy layup. I think like a Yai, Suggs, and Nemhard have each had one of those where it's just like they had to send the double to Timmy and then we just cut at the perfect time and have like the layup shot. Like, it was just so beautiful to watch. And then the, the amount of celebrations Timmy has in his arsenal, you know, the dime pickup he had, he, you know, has the classic stash one. I think he did the like charge one, like on you. Like, 
I just know if I was a USC fan, I would hate Drew Timmy so much. Yeah, and Coop, I mean, you're the uh, you're the Timmy representative, the Texas brother. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, you know the one the one big uh, the one big piece I was most impressed with was when you know he he get the ball in the middle of the zone and, you know, he knew exactly what to do with it. He was never rattled. He would either, you know, take it to Mobley or he find Joel or someone else cutting, you know, for an easy layup. I think that's a really uh, a big component of his game that just gets overlooked. And he really had that on um, really had that going on Tuesday night. Yeah, I, def- I, I, I think that's a great point, Coop, because I think the main difference between Timmy and Petrosev is Timmy never plays sped up or fast. Like when Petrosev played last year, like he'd have those moments where like, you know, you, you're trying to catch it and like pivot and stuff, but, you know, it results in like a turnover, a bad shot. Like Timmy will just kind of grab it, just like lean into you a bit and then just run the offense however he wants to. Yeah, definitely. Um <clears throat> overall it's just like an incredible performance but man just the things that that the Zags did to this zone I was like is this like a high schooler zone like what what am I watching here um I was just like I thought this was supposed to I was legitimately like concerned for them I was like do they are they just do they just deliver their biggest blow and USC just knocked out right there like I don't know I, I remember watching the Oregon-USC game, and the big thing with Oregon is nine times out of ten when they were playing in the half court against USC zone, they were just sitting ducks on the perimeter, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but they would just, you know, kind of just pass the ball around the perimeter hoping they get an open three, and I'm like, that's not how you beat a zone. You have to have guys moving, cutting, um, getting in middle of the lane, that kind of thing, and that's exactly what we did. And mm-hmm. one by 19. So... Um, <laughs> in really what 48 hours of scouting them so yeah i don't really think there's a defense that can stop us it's it's really a matter can you keep up mm-hmm. yeah and that's yeah and usc could not <laughs> absolutely not um speaking of, what i was saying speaking of the of the roller coaster at the beginning of the game was 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 anyone else like not sure how to even respond because it started us out so well for us like we went on like that 7-0 run but then AI takes that elbow to the face um you know not a dirty play but he was knocked out for a bit or out of the game and then like 40 seconds later that ref just collapsed and thank god he's okay but that was just like wait what happened and just cuts commercial and cuts back and that replay of him just <laughs> collapsing right in front of our bench were, were you, have you guys seen anything like that like watching sports, I've never seen something like that. Not recently. Um, that was definitely a scary moment. I mean, what comes to mind is like a foul ball in baseball, and like, you know, there's been fans that have gotten hit before, but like, so that was just like, what the, what just happened? Like, why is this guy just like, it looked like he was just laying cold, knocked out on the floor, which he was, but I was just like, oh, my immediate reaction was like, is he okay? Like, someone call 911 or something. Yeah, I mean that was that was just a crazy turn of events because I think did the the Joel injury or elbow happen what like right before that and then the ref went down, mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. basically just like oh fuck like this is just not our day like 
the yeah the basketball gods are not on her side but luckily i think he's in stable condition now um they took him to the hospital um got him taken care of and then joel checked in the next time out so luckily it was just a you know fluky turn of events but yeah definitely scary in that you know two minute span that it all happened yeah i mean we were talking about it at ryan house so it was kind of crazy like how like much they showed him just like going down and then it's just like all right and we're gonna cut to commercial <laughs> it's like uh well okay <laughs> yeah definitely a, just a weird moment overall but very glad that he's okay um but moving on you know Timmy wasn't the only guy that put up a great performance uh, against USC. Another certain lottery, projected lottery pick on the Zags uh, seemed to have taken that there was another NBA prospect on the floor, a little personally himself. His name was Jalen Suggs. Uh, almost had a triple-double. I believe he had 18, 10 boards and 8 assists. I might have switched those two. Uh, no, very close, though. Oh, I nailed it. There we go. And uh, as the Jalen Suggs representative on this podcast, let me just say, boys, what we're seeing before our eyes is when Jalen Suggs plays against capable uh, or at least moderately capable athleticism against him, uh, he, his skill really seems to shine um, when he's not getting, you know, ridiculous charge calls left and right. Um, players are able to maybe keep their feet a little bit more in front of them. Uh, you really start to see his passing vision come to life. I mean, he some of the passes he's made this tournament, uh, your jaw just kind of drops. I mean, it goes for Nemhard as well, but the way he's able to find cutters and even in a zone like that, it was just awesome to see. And, you know, I always love to see him hit threes. I think that's the part of his game that can really take not only him but us to the next level. We only have two games left, but, you know, if we're going to win a natty, he's probably going to have to hit a couple threes. Um, guys, what did you think about Jalen Suggs' performance? I mean, he's just so good, so strong. And, I mean, we, we, we're we just so goddamn lucky because when you think about these, like, four games in the tournament, what we've had pretty much Timmy's consistent. You'll get about 20 points every game, sometimes more in, like, Oklahoma, sometimes less, like, North Fork. I'm not going to count that. We didn't need it him. But then, like, every other game, we had, like, one other player, like, step up and be, like, that second big guy. And usually the third and four are still getting theirs, but, you know, they're, um, you know, more like third options. Because you have uh, Anton in the first game, um, and then Oklahoma was pretty much just Timmy. But then you had Creighton, in, uh, you had Nemhard going off, and then you had Suggs now. So it's just so hard to guard us. And I think one play that I remember is when, like, Suggs got the rebound, and he just, like, bombed it full court to Yai. I'm like, what are you doing? A guy catches it in the corner and it's like immediately chucks it back to like Kispert who just got to the three and drains it. I'm like, okay, how do you guard this? Like you can't, you can't guard that. You have no time to set up that offense and that, or that defense. And it turned into this like a super high percentage three point shot for us. So I, I just have no idea how you stop this team. And I'm loving that it's our team that we're, saying this about yeah yep. I think uh going back to you know the Suggs talk I'd like to think that he was tuning into the pregame show where Kenny Smith was just riding the fuck out of Evan Mobley's cock saying that he was going to be the best player on the court well 
I think we can all we can all say now now that Suggs had a triple double or close to a triple double that he was obviously the best player. Um, that was just I don't know what you guys thought, but I was just I wanted to like rip my ears off. That was just so dumb. Yeah, Kenny Smith can go yeah. suck a fat one, dude. He's just like I don't know if they're like actually paying him to be like the the bad guy or whatever, but if this is his honest opinion, like. I don't know what else to say other than he just doesn't like Gonzaga for whatever reason it is. Uh, maybe because his sweet North Carolina is in shambles. I don't know what it is, but it, it gets a little old after a while. Shout out to Charles Barkley, though. Like, I know at times he like he isn't the most articulate guy, but he I feel like the points he's getting across are, like, really good. Because he's like, I think he's like, this passing is, like, the best part about it. And, like, no one's talking about their defense. I'm like, thank you, Chuck. You're absolutely <laughs> right. And the defense wanted for it. It's like everything he said pregame happened. And then for the Evan Mobley best player on the court argument, I think he was probably the sixth best player on the court. Like, it was probably the five Gonzaga starters. And then he'd probably be fighting for six with Anton Watson, like, in that game. Yeah, I think, um, you know, who was it that made this point? Oh, Mark Pope had this point where I'm probably, I think I might be stealing this from Stephen Carr's podcast, but, you know, he's a recurring guest, so it is what it is. Um, basically, Mark Pope says, you know, they look small. They're, they're a little bit smaller in height, but they play super physical. Uh, and Jake, you made that point, or Chuck at least made the point of, you know, their, their defense is a little underrated. I mean, they were – Anton and, and Drew and even Corey were manning up against Isaiah and uh, and Evan, the Mobley brothers, and they weren't getting clean looks very often. And if they're not going to score, you know, however many they needed to score to catch up, I mean, it, was, it honestly felt like the game was over halfway, three quarters through the first half. And I was nervous because, like, I shouldn't be this comfortable in an Elite Eight game. But, I mean, it felt like the Xavier game, honestly, from back from 2017. I was like, oh. This is kind of no problem. Okay. <laughs> Not like Xavier gave us more of a fight, to be honest. Like, at least, like, they would, like, kind of make mini runs. Xavier would. I don't, yeah. I can't remember a single run by U.S. game. Like, they maybe strung together six points at a time. I think the closest yeah. they got it was within 13 at one point when we were like, we were in a lull where we didn't score for like three minutes, but then you get a big, you get a big three from Corey Kisper. And that's like, okay, like. <laughs> Shit. I thought they weren't going to make any more threes. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, it's just a crazy game. Um, but you know what? This brings up a great point, boys. Um, after this game, you know, the question needs to be asked, can these Zags be stopped? And it was funny enough, I was listening to a, a San Diego sports show on my way uh, back down to San Diego, and it was being recorded prior to the Elite Eight game. And they were talking about, uh, I was actually listening it to Padre, for, for Padres content, but they mentioned the uh, Elite Eight games um, and uh, basically just said, you know, is Gonzaga going to be like rattled or are they actually just going to be excited that there's a team that people think could beat them and then just go off? And it's like exactly what happened. So I just thought that was kind of cool. What are your guys' thoughts? Um, I think, I mean, I think if we play our best game and Baylor plays their best game, I think we still win by like eight. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I think we have to be off 
and like Baylor, who I would say is the best team remaining, has to, you know, be hitting their threes, forcing turnovers. Um, but obviously, no team is unbeatable. But I think we're as close to it as you'll find this year. So, yeah, definitely. Well, looking ahead, guys, we have the Final Four coming up. UCLA Bruins are the opponent. Uh, nothing would bring me more joy than to beat both of the uh, the LA schools in the Pac-12. Absolutely love it. Uh, I know it's also acting as a uh, truce between the Izagiri family, so good to see that there. But uh, guys, is there anyone that might worry you uh, on the UCLA roster, or maybe how they play? Uh, I mean, I think you got to talk about uh, the God. I can't pronounce his name. Jazong. That is Ju Zang. Is it is it I always get Jaime Haquez and then what's Ju Zang's first name? Johnny. Johnny. Johnny Ju Zang. Like cool it on the amount of J's and your starting lineup, you know? Um, I mean, I think watching the Michigan game, you just you have to contain Ju Zang. Like that's that's the defensive plan, really. Yeah. If your guys are Mark Few, I mean, what's the game plan? Do you think you're just going to swarm him, or are you going to let him get his and just limit everyone else? Um, I, I, oh, go ahead, Jake. You go for it. No, you got it, Zambi. My bad. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if we do stop uh, Ju Zhang, the guy who, who I was going to say – I'd be worried about is the Bob Marley dude. Because he's sneaky good. Like he had some crazy shots, like in the few games I watched. Yeah. Jake? I mean, I think it honestly doesn't matter. I don't think UCLA can score enough. Like what Juzang had 28 points. They scored 54 in that game, 52. Like you are not going to beat Gonzaga with 50. Four points. You're not going to beat Gonzaga with 64 points. You would have to play your best defensive game of your life to beat us by 74 points. So, like, I mean, I just don't see where the offense is going to come from from UCLA. I, I, I totally get there. They're they play the St. Mary's Virginia style where it's like we're just going to slow them down. We're just going to slow them down. And it's going to be a rock fight, and we're better at rock fights. But that's what Virginia does. That's what St. Mary's does. Is it Pacific who also plays at a ridiculously slow pace, or is that LMU? Um, I feel like a ton of WCC teams try this against us, and we just we can control the pace so well. And besides, like, of course, I'm nervous, but I'm not nearly as nervous for the Bruins as I was for USC. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, and I think you know. To, I, I would just, you know, honestly like to avoid playing at a slow pace as much as possible. So I wouldn't mind, you know, a couple of Drew Timmy steals here or there or, you know, someone to force a couple of turnovers, get a couple of buckets in transition. I think that's really how the Zags put the pressure on teams, honestly. Good starts for the Zags are almost like an automatic win, it feels like, at this point. And with a team like UCLA who has to slow it down, um, I mean, you'll be putting them in such a deep hole if they only have one guy that can score. I do think – the Hawkeyes kid can play, and I think, you know, he'll put up a good fight. Um, and Juzang can obviously get his. Tiger Campbell's good. But, 
after that, man, I'm just like, you need more, you need a full team to beat Gonzaga. Um, and I, I think they should handle it pretty easily, knock on wood. So that brings us to the, what is it? The final, we'll talk, we'll call it the natty. Um, who do you guys want to see? Why? What are your concerns there? Um, well, I'm going to, I'm, uh, I'm going to give a hot take. I, I mean, I was, I think Baylor would be the harder team to beat for us. So you, you know, we would want to see Houston, but I definitely want to see Baylor just so people can't be like, well, they, they had like an easy draw. Because suddenly like after you beat this USC team, no one's talking about how good USC was. Everyone seemed to forget what they did to Kansas and Oregon. And I feel like if we play Houston, who though they are a very good team, we would get that narrative again. But my hot take of the week, I think Houston beats Baylor. Mm. Why so? Um, Houston's the number, I, I think they're number one or number two rebounding team in the nation. I think they average, it's like 39% of their like sh- shots they get offensive boards off. And Baylor Ooh. is bad at at getting rebounds. So if Baylor isn't making threes, um, I think Houston just has the ability to, you know, stop them from driving. I think they're athletic enough to do that. And then if they turn into their type of game and they're getting second chance points, I think that's how an upset happens. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Houston. Nice. Yeah, um, solely for the purpose of the bracket challenge, I am hoping we play Houston because I'm looking at the right bracket here. I'm pretty sure, so Cooper has Illinois also. Wait. You guys all have the same Final Four. You've already lost, Sambi. But I have three (laughs) fifty. What? Oh, I see what you mean. Because Wait. you and and Coop have the exact same points available. Because your only way to get points is Zag wins. And um, <laughs> you're down to Coop uh, by 10 right now, I believe, right? So there's no way you can catch yeah. up. Well, then I want Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, hey, you I, better uh, invest in some good running shoes. Yeah, got some Allbirds. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely in the school here that wants to see this Gonzaga Baylor matchup. I think um, I think they just match up really well on paper. You know, they Baylor probably has the the best three guard tandem, and we're just top to bottom, probably the best. So I think it'd be a hell of a game. Even though I think we're we're a little better, we we edge them a little bit, especially in the post with Timmy, but. Yeah, I, I don't think you can ask for a better national championship. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I think the range of outcomes for a game versus Gonzaga, I think Gonzaga wins most of them. But as we know, anything can happen on a one-game stint. Um, no, I really want to see the guard matchup. And I, I think you just touched on it, Coop. But the biggest, the biggest upper hand Gonzaga has here is with Timmy. Uh, they don't have a single person that's going to be able to guard through Timmy. Because um, if Evan Mobley couldn't do it, I don't think whatever uh, Biggs Baylor has, you know, Flo Thomas or, 
Mark, yeah, six foot five, Mark Vidal is going to uh, get the job done. Um, so that'll be interesting. You know, they'll have to double. And then that's when we're going to see. I mean, I'm calling it right now. I think Suggs, Kisper, and Yai are going to have a massive game uh, that night. And even probably Nemhard because they're going to have no choice but to double Drew because he's going to get every shot he wants. Um, but with that being said, let's all knock on wood. Um, you know, really exciting time to be a Zach fan. Uh, and, you know, honestly, these are probably the two most important games coming up uh, in Gonzaga's program history. So let's get it done, boys, um, and let's go get a natty. Um, but moving forward, uh, I think we're touching on the bracket real quick. So if you're listening to this podcast at this point, you're probably involved with the bracket challenge. Uh, looks like, was it who, who's in first? Is it still Izzy or is it Cassandra Zahn? Um, I think they both dropped because I believe um, Izzy had Alabama and uh, Cassandra had Michigan. Mm. Um, you might be wondering why I'm logged into Izzy's account. She has ESPN Plus. I do not. So I have to I use it to watch the articles or read the articles. Um, uh. Oh, it looks like Arden made a push because Ooh. whoever B-Ball Maven is picked Michigan. So they're an idiot. Um currently leading in point total but Arden has the most points possible with 1370 and I believe he has um Baylor and Gonzaga advancing if I'm not mistaken mm. and do we know who B-ball Maven and Gonzaga. does anyone know who B-ball Maven is I don't know I don't want to get to know them if they pick Michigan <laughs> yeah what a bunch of weirdos Okay. If you're uh, listening, expose yourself. Expose Good yourself. Morning. We will find you. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird call, weird name. But I, hey, if they win, they're, they we have to find a way to get them on the pod. So that'll be fun. Well, uh, they, I don't think they can. Oh, wait. I guess if Gonzaga and Baylor lose, then they win. True. We'll see. I don't think that's going to happen, though. Um, well, great. And it sounds like if you guys caught the uh, the interaction with Zambi earlier, it sounds like Zambi's destined for a beer mile. Um, stay tuned for that. That's going to be A-plus content right there. Um, Jake, do you mind sc- scrolling back to the uh... – <laughs> Oh, I got you. The other screen? We don't have yeah. Zane running this. It's not as smooth. It's not as smooth. Um, Zane, like, knows when to, like, switch screens. It's It's incredible. Um, well, I'm not Zane, J. Page. I'm sorry. <laughs> couldn't be, couldn't be Zane. Uh, Baylor versus Houston. Uh, we can just touch on this real quick. I think Baylor's going to win, but I think Houston's going to give them a heck of a fight. They have some really good guards. I think Quentin Grimes is as good as any guard uh, that Baylor has, but unfortunately, Baylor has you know three Quentin Grimes on their team. So uh, we'll see what they can do if they can. Uh, deploy Jake's offensive rebounding strategy. Guys, what do you guys think here? Besides Jake? Um, yeah, I'm sticking with Baylor here. Um, I, I expect them to – I know Houston's pretty strong defensively, but I just think Baylor will outshoot them from the perimeter, get it done. But um wouldn't be shocked if Houston could pull it out. I mean, they got they got some dogs. Uh, what is it, Jaru? And then, of course, as Paige mentioned, uh, Quinn Grimes. So they got 
they got some dudes that can play. So expect a hell of a fight, but I think the Bears get it done. Yeah, I think uh, Baylor just has too many weapons. Um, Davion Mitchell, um, their other good guy. Sorry, it's been a long day at work. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they kind of play somewhat similar to the Zags in terms of their cutting ability and just try and play fast-paced. And so I just don't – I don't see Houston being able to keep up, at least for 40 minutes. Yeah, that's a good point. Um yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. One thing that I've kind of noticed, I don't know about you guys, but Baylor only seems to, like, play really well when they absolutely have to to get to, like, a weirdly comfortable eight-point lead. I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, I still don't think they're at 100%, honestly, with the whole COVID thing that happened to them, that massive pause they had to take. So um, take that for what you will. I know I'm hammering Zag spread. I don't know about you guys. It's part of the tradition at this point. Um, but let's move on really quickly. We have about 10 minutes left. Uh, today is April fools. And we want to talk a little bit about the best April fools jokes we've been a part of. Uh, Jake, do you want to lead us off here? Um, pass to somebody else. I have to, I have to decide between two real quick. <laughs> All right, Coop, do you have I one? Can, I cannot kick us off. Um, Going back to my freshman year in CM, someone thought it'd be a great idea to order, I believe, was a thousand crickets and just release them all over CM, causing all sorts of ruckus and just freaking out, you know, every girl that lived in that dorm. Um, so that was pretty hilarious, just having to deal with that. Um, I do know the person that instigated that whole thing. I'm not going to out them. Um, but. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty wild. So, um, yeah, that's mine. That's gross. Could you imagine how mad you'd be if you're like the like Gonzaga, like custodian or whatever of that? What the fuck? Why the fuck are there a thousand crickets? <laughs> that's pretty good. All right. Okay. I got mine ready. I got mine. So this, this one year, I want to say it was, uh junior year um i had a i had a friend who he's like super allergic to like peanuts like deathly allergic right um <clears throat> so another one of my friends like they they bought a thing of like sun butter you know it's like peanut butter but with no peanuts so people with peanuts can eat it but they put like a, a gif like you know label on it so it looks like peanut butter and <laughs> My one friend runs up to my other friend and he just smears it on his face. And this guy just starts freaking out because he he he, he thinks his throat's gonna like close because he's like when I say deathly, it's like you need like the EpiPen immediately or it's like your throat's gonna close. And this for like the first second it was pretty funny, but then the panic took it and you're like, oh no, 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 you're you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. It's, it's sun butter, but I would say that's most memorable. That's pretty good. Bambi. Yeah. I mean, even though I proposed this for a little segment, um, I can't really think of one off the top of my head. Um, this morning I got a Snapchat from um, some of our listeners may know him, Chris Buckmaster, saying that he got his 30-year-old ex 
pregnant. <laughs> and this is at like 7.30 in the morning. So I haven't had my caffeine yet. And so I'm not really realizing it's April 1st. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh man, like, you know, everything happens for a reason. Like, I know you'll do great, but <laughs> all this stuff. And like, are, like, are you sure it's yours? <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah, we got the DNA results today. And I'm just like, oh man, that's a lot to take in this early. And as I'm driving to work, I get a Snapchat, like happy April fools. I'm like, God damn it. Like I was, uh, <laughs> uh, call me fuck. yeah luckily that one was a fake pregnancy as opposed to that one uh hinge girl so no disclaimer it was not me it was not me Paige, what do you got i honestly i can't think of a good one um i always used to love doing this when i was growing up though in in grade school i'd always call my parents and say I can't believe this just happened. I, I actually just got an F on my like history test or something. And they were like, no, they were like, their hearts were breaking. I was like, April fools. So that was a classic, but I honestly, like, I can't think of any off the top of my head. And I don't know if it's cause I'm, su I'm always super on my toes and maybe that was because I got pranked growing up or something like that, that I just don't remember, but I'm always aware April 1st. I'm like, be careful. Don't believe, don't believe everything you see out there. But I'm a sucker for those like those Twitter ones you see where it's like, oh, someone's leaving like the George Kittle one. I was like, oh, shit, he's going to the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> that was obviously a joke. So I, I don't know. I don't really have a good one overall, but um, good to reflect on those. It's a We should have gotten Stokesbury on. For the segment, him and his dad like do like crazy prank war like borderline dangerous prank wars. Yeah, I'm pretty, isn't there a like, story involving like, like sleeping pills and i'm pretty sure i've heard of one yeah where yeah like, like, like buried a, alive or something like yeah they don't they take it to the next yeah. level <laughs> i think his dad like put like sleeping pills in his breakfast and then like buried him up to his neck in the backyard <laughs> what <laughs> that's crazy that's crazy i would get so pissed <laughs> yeah yeah i would be too i also wouldn't trust my dad anymore <laughs> yeah i don't know about all that major, major trust issues going on there for sure <laughs> awesome all right boys well a uh, great episode we're coming up on time here um i'll give it off to you guys real quick last second score predictions versus the ucla bruins what do you guys got 81. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Jake. 81 64 Gonzaga. Yeah, I'm going to go 83 67 Zags. And we see a big Corey Kispert game. Goes for 20 plus. He finally, I feel like he's been kind of, you know, out of it, hasn't been shooting that great. He goes five and nine from three. That would be so great. Yeah. I'm going to go with, I'm going on the high end. I'm going to say 91-76. That is high indeed. Um, I'm going to go on the low end. Why not? Why not us? I'm going to go 78-56. to 
55. Gonzaga. And there you have it, folks. Love it. Our uh, expert picks here. And if you notice the scoring margin, that means we're going to cover in all those games, I think. So uh, definitely bet that 14-point spread. Um, I know I will be. So that being said, go Zags, and uh, we'll catch you guys either before the finals or uh, or after the or after shit after the night. Enjoy these last two games. Go Zags. Hey, go Zags. Go Zags, baby. Oh, and go Pods. <laughs> <laughs>